Hey there, you loyal listeners. It's coming out to you on Christmas Eve 2021, or as Betts and I would like to say, we're still alive. Barely. <laughs> Barely. After the week 15 debacle, which was just max pain for a lot of people, um, you know, we, we get into Christmas week, it's the holidays, everyone's really in a good mood, and you say to yourself, hey, we're past 15, like this is good. And we're right back in it. I mean, week 16, it's, like it's going to be another one of those slates that's just crazy with the holidays, plus all the COVID news, which we'll break down today on the show. Um, I have Twitter pulled open. I'm ready, Kyle, for any of the news that comes out as we record, which I feel like is going to be nonstop. So yes, listeners, stay engaged throughout the weekend. Obviously, enjoy the holiday, but man, be ready to make pivots on Sunday. Yes. And I mean, Bets and I, we're not going to lie. We're a little bit all over the place in terms of my house is being boxed up right now, as is behind me, there's empty bookshelves, something that Betts has never seen. And uh, Christmas stuff as usual. And then every second, it feels like we are missing out on some type of news that bumps somebody in the slate. So if you are listening to this podcast, it's coming out on Friday, potentially we could find out that there are three or four players that are going to be added to the COVID list, but we will try to stay updated and try to update the DFS pass over the weekend. Um, as much as we can. It's a crazy time for a lot of different people, but you can go to DFSPass.com if you want some of those picks. But you and I are just going to get right into it and talk about our cash picks. Straight cash, homie. Our cash picks this week are pretty simple. I won't lie. The running backs is where the biggest conversation I think is this week because there's just... I think there's five guys that I legitimately would be happy with in my lineup. So I think a question we're going to have later in the mailbag is, is it appropriate to have three running backs this week in terms of your flex and how you figure that out? But starting off at quarterback, you and I only have three names and they're the same three names we had on Tuesday. Not much has changed with this. And it, and with the news about Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, it's like, I don't even want to consider Patrick Mahomes right this second. So who are those three names that we like at quarterback? Yeah, let's start at the top of the pricing. And this is the guy that I brought up on Tuesday. It's Justin Herbert. You know, 7.2 on DraftKings looks like just an awesome play this week based off of what he's done and, and how much the Chargers want to throw the football. Now you get a matchup with Houston that is perfect. I mean, they're leading the the slate in terms of implied total at 28 points right now against Houston. And he's posted 24 plus DK points, six of his last seven games. So he just feels super safe. If you have the salary to get up, to him at that price tag. I love him this week for cash. And, and I think his upside is huge in tournaments as well. Yeah, for me, it's it's basically asking what kind of safety do you want um, between Stafford, uh, Justin Herbert, and then I'm going to throw out Justin uh, Jalen Hurts at 6.4. That's just a little too cheap for what he's been doing. His consistency has been a top 12 quarterback in 12 of 14 weeks, leads the league. Is there any worry that the Eagles get out to a lead and... We're not seeing the volume that we want. That's the scariest thing about Hurts. We know he's going to run the ball. He has a league leading nine rushing touchdowns at the position. So how are you approaching Hurts? And I get that he's safe, but there is a bottom of the floor that feels way too low. Are you saying the combination of Mike Lennon and Jake Fromm isn't going to push Jalen Hurts? Is that what you're saying with this with this take here, Kyle? 
<laughs> I I am a little scared. It does in my projections. I do not project those too well. Oh, okay, well you're alone on that. Um, no, it is a fair concern, and this is actually bringing me back to. I forget what week it was. I mean, all these weeks just run together at this point. But you remember there was the week where Jalen Hurts was like the play, like six weeks in a row. And then all of a sudden Lions. we said it's the Lions. Yes, the Lions that were like, can they really push him? We're not sure. And we saw just a huge, you know, fall from what he had been doing. Not saying that is what's going to happen. They still have a really nice implied total. They're at home. Like you talked about, he can run the football and his price is cheaper than what it should be. You know, he should be a 7K quarterback at least on this slate. So I think he's totally fine in cash games. I wrote him up in the DFS pass. I'm probably going to have some exposure to him, especially in you know a must-win game for Philly. Like they have to have this game if they want to make the playoffs. So I think Hurts is fine, but I agree with you. Maybe the ceiling isn't quite there the way it is for the guy that we're going to talk about next. You know, in the game environment that we love with Matthew Stafford. Yes, I'm just going to side probably with Stafford or Herbert this week because I want the passing volume. I want the better game environments. I you know that week against the Lions, they scored 40 points. But Hertz wasn't needed at all because they, they got a defensive score. I could see a defensive score this week as well. And then, you know, it was what, like Boston Scott week or, you know, Jordan Howard. Like, I feel like they can get a ton done on the ground. So Hertz is in that conversation, but Stafford and Herbert are our dudes. And Herbert on FanDuel is our preferred play right now. At running back, I feel like I can name a couple different dudes. Ron, uh, Ronald Jones is going to be easily the guy that everyone wants to play. On DraftKings, it's 5.1. On FanDuel, I have him locked in my lineup right now at 5.4. Last year, he had four games without Fournette. He averaged 22 and a half touches and 115 total yards. So if you told me, Pets, you were going to get 22 touches at 5.1, is that locked in your lineup? Yeah, even not even knowing like what he's going to do with the touches. again. You, in but his cash, name is Ronald Jones, him. by the way. That's right. In, in cash, you're chasing <laughs> volume. And I, I do think he sees it. You know, I was writing him up in the DFS pass and... Listeners, I've been going back and forth for about two days now, and I anticipate doing it again for another two or three more days here. Uh, am I going to play him or not? Because I'm going to be honest, everyone, I have a bias against Ronald Jones. And it's because of the fact that we've seen Bruce Arians just out of nowhere, as soon as he fumbles, he's out of the game. His pass protection isn't great. He doesn't really catch a ton of passes. That said, they've got a huge implied total, and his competition for touches right now, Le'Veon Bell, 2.7 yards per carry on the season. Can't even say it with a straight face. Le'Veon Bell. And Keyshawn Vaughn, who's been an afterthought in that offense for two years now, ever since they drafted him. So I think I'm going to play him. I definitely on FanDuel, don't get me wrong. He's a lock over there. On DK, I think he's an interesting fade in GPPs. But as far as cash games go, he's he's rock solid, I think. The other 5K running backs this week, James Robinson, 5.9 of FanDuel. I mean, on DraftKings against the Jets. He's really expensive on FanDuel. He's 8.2. So I think on FanDuel... He's not locked in my cash lineup. He's in the pool, but uh, not somebody that I have to have in there. But on DraftKings, I think it's an easy play at 5.9. But somebody I actually warming up to might be my favorite play on the slate. I'm saying it right now. Is Dave Montgomery at 5.7 against Seattle. They allow the most running back receptions in the league and just give it up on the ground. So Dave Montgomery... Part of me just wants to play him over Robinson because I know the field is going to play Robinson, but I mean, you could play both. For sure, especially on this slate where it looks like we're going to get some good value. Like those guys both are awesome uh, middle tier options. And on this running back slate, like again, we've lost Dalvin Cook, which we'll talk about Madison in a second. Um, Austin Eckler's on the COVID list, so we may not have him. There's no Jonathan Taylor. There's no Alvin Kamara on this list. You know, Zeke and Tony Pollard are off of it. Like there's no real separators, in my opinion. 
at the running back position that can really just come out and smash. So I feel like it's it's safe again, like last week, to go down into that 5K range. I love both those names for sure. And just to point out with Montgomery, it is worth noting that Justin Fields popped up on the injury report with that ankle issue. Unclear where he's going to be at as of Friday, so monitor that and see what's going on. But Andy Dalton was off the COVID list. If it's Andy Dalton, I mean, that's just going to increase Montgomery's pass um, you know, baseline projection as far as not having rushing attempts for Justin Fields where it takes away some volume from Montgomery. So I actually like that a lot. If Andy Dalton is in, I would upgrade David Montgomery. All right, so let's talk about Madison. On DraftKings, he's 6.8. On FanDuel, he is 5.5, which I laughed out loud when I checked because obviously earlier in the week, we liked Dalvin Cook a lot, even in the matchup against the Rams. But at 5.5 on FanDuel, it feels like Madison and Rojo are going to be in every single person's lineup. So how are you handling him on DraftKings? Yeah, that's the real conversation. And and they're never asleep on this. Like DK has been pretty solid recently with like preparing for these sort of situations. Uh, yeah, he's he's priced up again. This is a situation where if he was like 5.2 or whatever, like he's he's locked in. Don't think twice about it on DK where you want to play probably two of the 5k backs with James Robinson, Montgomery or Rojo to pick two of your favorite three. Um, you know, you're just asking yourself at that point, do you want to go with a three RB build or a three wide receiver build in cash? And I think my lean right now is that Alexander Madison is going to project really well. So I lean on having him in cash. It's a tough matchup on paper with the Rams. But when you're looking at this slate in terms of how it shapes up for game environments that we like, the Rams and Vikings game separates from every other game on the slate. So if you want to get a piece of that, it's a good way to do it. And when we've seen Dalvin Cook be out, I looked it up. Alexander Madison is averaging 30.9 touches, not opportunities, touches in the game, rush attempts and, and receptions. So, I mean, if that's the case and Adam Thielen is still out, upgrade him even more. I'm kind of talking myself into him at his price tag, even on DK. Let me give perspective because 6,800 doesn't sound that expensive. But let's say that Cook is officially out, which that's the only reason Madison would be important, and Eckler is out. Then on this slate, all right, the top running backs in terms of price would be Najee Harris, 7,400. Then you go down to Joe Mixon, 6,900. Then it's Madison. He would be the RB3 in terms of salary on the slate, which is just really hard when you start looking at pricing. That's just where we're at in terms of COVID world of just players and their prices so think about 6800 differently at first i saw that and i was like well he's a great value on Fanduel. i won't play him on DraftKings. he's just he's good and he gets the work and that's all we really care about uh one more name is justin jackson if you knew eckler was out at 4.2 is he the free square i think he has to be right i mean we saw him be effective uh 99 total yards last week against the chiefs and he has the passing down work as far as above Joshua Kelly. Obviously, if Eckler's in there, he's getting the passing work. But he's running more routes, seeing more targets than Joshua Kelly. So, yes, if Austin Eckler doesn't clear COVID protocols, I think you almost have to play him in cash. What is he? 4.2, I think, right? On DK. Just right. insanely cheap. I, I think he's the priority. He'd play my top cash game play at running back. But on the other side of the ball, Rex Burkhead's only 4.5. Okay, so- now we're talking. <laughs> uh, he has a special place in my heart always <laughs> but yes those are five six names right there that are in that price range we'll talk about Najee and Mixon because I don't think anybody's going to be playing them because they're expensive matchups aren't great in tournaments don't be afraid to get weird and play one of those guys because you know that they have 25 plus point upside and I don't know if I could say that about all these guys like I, I love the matchup for Robinson I love the matchup for Montgomery 
but it wouldn't shock me if you got a 15 point game and Harris ends up with 30 because he gets a bunch of catch a bunch of catches. So uh, just feel free to mix and match in tournaments at wide receiver. If Tyreek's not playing, how do you not play Cooper Cup? You have to. I mean, at this point, like it's just getting silly. I'm trying to find creative things to say in the DFS pass and how to write about Cooper Cup. And it's like the dude's on pace for 2000 yards and 17 touchdowns. Like you just play him when you have the money to do it. And the Vikings, in adjusted schedule as far as fantasy wide receivers allowed, dead last. This is a team that just cut Rashad Breeland two weeks ago. I mean, I won't be making a cash lineup this week without Cooper Cup, no doubt. Yeah, I was trying to describe the Vikings secondary, and um, it's like a generic diaper that's full. It's gross. It's been stinking for a while. You need to throw it out. It's not doing its job, and they're not good at their jobs right now. It's done. All right, Cooper Cup 9.1 and 9.8 on FanDuel. It a wide receiver approaching 10k on FanDuel is crazy. Like we kind of saw Michael Thomas get there a couple years ago, but overall, like he's worth it. It's it's hard to poke holes in Cooper Cup and this might be the best matchup that you can possibly get. So, play him and the builds this week say that you can because there's no expensive running backs. At wide receiver, Deontay Johnson, I'm willing to go back there at 7.5. I think he's in the mix um, in terms of players you can add, but totally understand if you want to go elsewhere. Justin Jefferson is also in that range. I like him even better on FanDuel at 8.1. Uh, you have Keenan Allen on here. Talk me into him. I hear he's good at football. Oh, you need me to talk you into Keenan Allen? <laughs> I don't believe that at all. I could just say his name and you say, yep, doesn't, don't, don't even tell me what his price is. He's in my lineup. Um, yeah, 7.7K, taking on the Texans. We just talked about Justin Herbert and why we like him so much. I love Keenan Allen this week, especially if Austin Eckler is out. When you look at the splits over the last two years, when Eckler is out of the lineup, Keenan Allen dominates volume, averaging almost 22 PPR points per game, over eight receptions per game, and almost 90 yards per game. And in a cash game, that sounds awesome to me. And to make this even better, the Texans are getting targeted between 10 and 19 yards down the field at the highest rate in football. My man Keenan Allen can dominate the intermediate areas of the field. Absolutely love him this week, either in cash or GPPs, especially if like you get a cheap, chalky, you know, uh, Justin Jackson in GPPs and people aren't going to play him. For sure, give me Keenan Allen. I'm in. I'm totally in. And I was in when you said his name. And then when he threw in an intermediate stat, I love those kind of things because that's where he works. That's what he does. So uh, Keenan Allen, Cooper Cup are in my lineup right now. I feel like the way that lineups are going to be built this week is figuring out how the Tampa Bay wide receiver situation works out. So Tony Brown at 4.9 is going to be super chalky if he's in. Where are we at with him and his status? Yeah, so as of Thursday when we're recording this, we don't have the uh, update yet for AB. On Wednesday, he was limited, and it's kind of tough to talk about like how he's progressed because we haven't had any news because he's been suspended, so we don't know what he's been doing in practice or training for the last three weeks. But I'll just say I think the price might be baked in already if he's not 100%, right? Like If, if you told me AB was 100%, Never had the ankle issue. If you had him at this price tag, you wouldn't even think twice about it. He would definitely be in your lineup. Now he's at a point where he's below 5,000. If he's 85%, if he's 90%, without all of the targets going away, you know, Lenny, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, I think it's already baked into the price. So even if he's less than 100%, I think I am willing to play him in cash. If he's going to be super popular, I think he's an interesting fade, though, in GPPs. Yes, I agree. Tyler Johnson at 3.9 is the other option if you want to drop down $1,000. I think with my lineups this week, it's it's Cup, it's Keenan Allen, it's AB. Like it feels pretty simple. 
Other names you can go to, Gabe Davis is 4.7. It's a terrible matchup against the Patriots, but maybe you just want to fade that. Maybe you just want to get a player who gets end zone targets, and we know that Buffalo wants to throw the ball at a high rate, so that price is still cheap. And then we still have Amon Ross St. Brown in a position where you can play him at 5.6. He's not going to see A.J. Terrell at all. He plays 87% of his snaps outside, and St. Brown is in the slot. So if you just want some safe PPR, like I feel like he's giving what Jerry Judy I wanted. Like I wanted those kind of like, give me six for 70 and I'll be totally fine in a PPR. And I feel like that's his floor right now. Yeah, definitely. And the other thing too to consider with this is just we need to make sure, personally my approach anyways, I'm, I'm going to make sure Jared Goff is off the COVID list before I click the button on Amon Ra. It would either be David Blau or Tim Boyle. And... Dude, you know, Christmas is a time to have fun, enjoy your holiday, and I do not want to be sweating Tim Boyle starting, <laughs> throwing to Amon Ra. So if Jared Goff is out, I am out on Amon Ra. Dude, this is the season of Tim Boyle and, you know, a Mike Glennon, Jake Fromm, Tyler Huntley, Nick Mullins. Like, this is the season. Ian Book, we're going to get on Monday Night Football. Oh, yeah, on, baby. Book season. Showdown Monday night. Ian Book, captain. <laughs> All right, let's go to tight end. I'm going to pay up this week. I If I like Dave Montgomery, I probably won't have Cole Komet. He's a fine play at 3.3, but it, for me, it's between Mark Andrews at 7K and Dallas Goddard at 5.1. If I treat them as wide receivers, I think they're great plays. As tight end, I can upgrade them and say they're even, even better plays. So those are my top two at tight end. Yeah, can't poke any holes in either of those two guys. They've just been so good. Um, and then, yeah, if you did want to go down, we talked about Cole Komet on Tuesday. He is cheap. He's 3.3K on DraftKings. You talked about the stat, you know, has, doesn't have a touchdown all year. Jimmy Grandpa just won't go away. It's a low team total. We're in on David Montgomery. So it is kind of tough to say I want two bears in cash. And of course, Darnell Mooney is always a, a candidate to pop up and take some production away. So, yeah, I, I think I'm going to limit my exposure to one bear in my cash lineups. Um, I'm not sure where I'm going to go yet, but I think he's in play for sure. Add him to your player pool. And if you don't have the money to get up to those tight ends, like Kyle talked about, he's certainly in play in cash. You know, I I've seen Allen Robinson's name pop up from the depths because he's 4k on DraftKings. That is, and so I just sad. looked at him. <laughs> I know. Like what remember, is happening? <laughs> remember when he played football? It was a great time. What a time. I mean, Allen Robinson is 28 years old. He should still be able to dominate. Anyway, 4K, when I saw it, I just felt sad. Let's go to the defense because I think there's a lot of ways you can go this week. Like I, You could talk me into the Raiders at 2.9, the Falcons at 2.6. Both of those are great plays on both sites. I'd be happy to play either of those in cash. Um, if you want to pay up for the your Eagles, I mean, you, you got a great matchup at home, heavy favorites. Uh, any other names stick out to you? Uh, the other one I was thinking of is just the Broncos, too. You know, maybe more of a tournament-style play, but they're cheap. They're at 2.8. And this Raiders team, we talked about, like, who do we think hits the under on their team implied total? This week, for me, it's the Raiders. I mean, they're averaging 13.3 since Darren Waller got injured on that Thanksgiving game. They're not pushing the ball downfield. They're bottom 10 in yards per game. Like, it's just not a good team right now. And so I'll, I'll always take a shot against a team that's struggling. So they're fine. It is a tournament play, I think. But yeah, the names you listed are really intriguing. And then the nice thing about defense this week is that you get a lot of different price points. So I would not prioritize which defense I'm playing in cash right now. 
I'm building my lineup elsewhere and then saying, okay, where do I have money and which which defense fits it? Because there's spend-up options like you talked about. Um, Chargers against the Texans, Eagles against the Giants, and then there's spend-down options like you talked about with the Falcons and those names down there too. So don't prioritize it. Kind of let your lineup build and then go from there. Yeah. I know that the Falcons are showing up as the highest in our roster percentage report. And it makes sense. 2.6 at home against Tim Boyle. What could go wrong? Seven wins. Seven wins. We're almost there, baby. Oh, dude, this is the week, man. It's going to happen. They haven't won at home yet, but I I I was writing it up. I might have to take uh, Lions plus the points just to hedge. Oh, why would you do that? (laughs) Because they covered the spread a lot. (laughs) When I was writing it up earlier, I said, Dan Campbell is the most exciting part of this game, except for maybe pro bowler Kyle Pitts. Dude's a pro bowler, man. I don't know how he is. He did it. Listen, Evan Ingram was a pro bowler last year, okay? Evan Ingram is a way, if you want to increase the longevity of your spleen, then don't play Evan Ingram. Just, just you, your, your body will thank you because that man only invites pain. Uh, Let's talk about stacking. Stack attack. You can get all of our picks, including stacks that we recommend in the DFS pass. You have our DraftKings, you have our FanDuel picks, pace of play, everything else involved in that. We This week, we're going to highlight one game that we are really excited to stack, another team that you and I would both say, hey, if you want to go Onslaught, do it, and then maybe talk about a couple of correlations in our slate breakers before we get to the Battle Royale. But the game that we're going to be talking about is the Los Angeles Rams 10-4 and at the Minnesota Vikings 7-7. Seven and seven. Rams are two and a half point road favorites, and this game has a 49.5 total, which is just glorious. And we also like this because the Vikings only invite, you know, raising the blood pressure. That's what they're about. 13 of their 14 games this year have been one score. Now, granted, this past Monday night, it was the last second touchdown that got it to one score, but still, they play tight games. That's what we care about, and we love the Rams offense. They're the most efficient offense in the NFL. So how do you want to start talking about this game from a stacking perspective? I mean, let's just start on the Rams side of the ball because we it's very clear, like in cash, we just talked about it. Like you can play the Stafford and Cooper Cup stack. I do expect both those players to be extremely popular this week. So how are you handling those two in GPPs? With Stafford, I think he's underpriced relative to his ceiling on this slate, at least, because there's not really other quarterbacks like Mahomes feels kind of nerfed in the game environment, maybe without his weapons. So I feel like Stafford is too cheap. So I don't really mind because quarterbacks as a whole, like what are they going to get above 10%, 15%? Like in tournaments, we're not looking at somebody who's crazy. And so with Cup, you're you're getting somebody with such a safe floor, but the combined ceiling between Stafford and Cup really is 60 points. Like you can get to 60 points there. Then the question is, what are you adding on? And so I think adding on Sony Michelle or adding on Van Jefferson feels very doable. But Odell Beckham's probably the wild card in this. Like he's going to be the lowest rostered of this group. And I think he's somewhat viable. So that's that's what I'm looking at is combined ceiling and price is not as much as relatively what they should be on the slate. Yeah, I think I'm with you. And I feel like almost always my tendency is to lean, you know, okay, we have a really chalky wide receiver. We know wide receivers in general are really inconsistent, but 
not this wide receiver, you know, not Cooper Cup. So I think he's good chalk this week, even in tournaments. If he pushes 30, 40%, like it, it's tough to see other wide receivers. We'll talk about Justin Jefferson. It's tough to see other wide receivers actually hit his ceiling mark. So I, I think I'm going to play him even in a, in a chalky spot. But like you said, if you are stacking the Rams, let's say you do do Stafford, you do Cup. I agree with you. Do-do. I think you do do. Uh, I think the other ways to get different, like you talked about, is Van Jefferson and OBJ. And they're still priced down pretty affordably in the low 5K range. This Minnesota secondary is giving up a ton of deep shots down the field. We've seen Van Jefferson hit on a bunch of those. We've seen Odell Beckham work into the game plan on a bunch of those. So I think one of those guys can get loose in the secondary. If you're asking me which one to pick, I don't know. So I'll probably play a couple lineups and have like Stafford, Cup, OBJ, Stafford, Cup, and Van, and just kind of hope that I hit the right combination there. But yeah, either way, I think the Rams are going to have success in this spot. And with Stafford, you need him to hit three touchdowns, which feels very doable given their team implied total of 26. So you're looking for three touchdowns. I think Sony is the way if you wanted to, if you think Cup fails, which he he just doesn't. Um, if I told you his line was one and a half touchdowns, is it actually? You take the under. No, 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 no. Oh, but you take like, the what? under. But then you, <laughs> you'd also look at that and go, "I could see him hit the over." Like, I mean, one touchdown, you would take that, right? I mean, like yeah, anytime what he's doing, it's it's ridiculous. You have to. Right. So you're you're looking at Stafford and you say, "I want three touchdowns." You're looking at Sony and you're saying, "What if he gets two on the ground and Stafford and Cup score?" You know, let's say Stafford only throws for two and Cup only gets one of those. That doesn't get there. So that's how you get different in this game. And that's how you get different because Madison will be so popular. So Sony's the differentiator in terms of ruining this game. But on the Minnesota side, I like Minnesota at home. Like they're just, they play better there. Justin Jefferson's averaged 100 receiving yards per game at home. He leads the NFL in receiving yards versus single coverage. I'm not worried about any Jalen Ramsey matchup stuff. If people are saying, I'm going to X in him out because of that, they're dumb. He's great. What do we know about Adam Thielen? Yeah, still limited in practice this week. So, you know, this was an injury that looked like it was going to be up to a month potentially before he got back on the field. I know they called him like a game time decision last week. I don't think he really ever had a, a true chance for that. So I think he's got a better chance to go this week. Too early for us to tell. So definitely we need to monitor what's happening in practice on Friday and then his final designation. Um, but yeah, it seems like a broken record. You know, we always talk about it. Justin Jefferson, elite play. He's going to be popular. No one plays Adam Thielen, and especially coming off the ankle issue, no one's going to click the button. So he is definitely a way to get different if you are going to play Cooper Cup. So if I was going to stack the Minnesota side, I would probably do Cousins and Jefferson and Conklin, or Cousins, Jefferson, Osborne. Um, I don't really... I mean, Madison does get enough passing work that on FanDuel at the price... Like on FanDuel, I'll eat the chalk. Just doesn't matter. Um, On DraftKings, if he's popular then I'm willing to fade him. But I think it's a Cousins double stack, bringing it back with Cup or Sony on the other side is probably where I'm going. Yeah, I like that too. And if you did want to try to get different elsewhere and, and not go full game stack here, I think little mini correlations make a lot of sense. You know, like you just talked about, if you wanted to only play like Jefferson and Cup, it's going to be popular, but just know that you have to get different a different stack in your lineup, go cheaper at quarterback, those kind of things. But yeah, man, it's just, it's tough on the slate. It's It's got the highest total. There's a lot of moving parts with the other teams. You can poke holes in other spots. This just looks like a great spot to go to. So I will have multiple lineups around this game for sure. Now, that's a good point. It's okay to play two chalky players together, but when you start adding up your roster percentage, which you can do in our roster percentage report, 
in our projections, then you just have to get different elsewhere. So what is your Vegas pick? Dude, give me the Rams. They are rolling right now. It's minus two and a half. I will take LA. I will do the same. I don't ever trust the Vikings. A team that I do trust is our onslaught team of the week. Man, that needs to be a, we need a sponsor for that too. The onslaughts team of the week. I'm trying to think what it would be. I can't think of a, a good product. Listeners, if you know of a good one, let us know. We have like a local butcher that like sponsors just that yes. segment. Yes. Now we're talking. Yeah, just a real, really obscure butcher. No one knows his name, <laughs> but great guy. Um, great guy. It's the Chargers. It's the Chargers because we mentioned Justin Herbert in terms of cash is a great play, but he's doing things as a sophomore. He's doing things his first two years in leagues that no one's doing. And this offense is fourth in points per drive, six in yards per play. And on third downs, that's one of the key statistics I look at in young quarterbacks. He's third in success rate. And on third downs, he's averaging 8.7 yards per attempt. So you're getting these chunk plays with him. And this past week, he easily could have had three more touchdowns, it felt like, against the Chiefs because of those end zone targets. So uh, we love the Chargers. We love their offense. We love the different pieces. Houston is not somebody that we can run it back with, right? Like if Brandon Cooks is going to stay on the COVID list, are you going to even touch Nico Collins, Brevin Jordan, anybody? I mean, in like a large field GPP, maybe. And the only reason I say that is because, you know, we always talk about it. Like teams want to run on the charges because they're going to let you. Well, the Texans can't run. I mean, they're averaging 3.2 yards per carry on the season as a team dead last in offensive rushing DVOA. So even though on paper, it's like, oh, maybe the running backs could pop up here. I don't think it's possible. If we had Brandon Cooks, he would for sure be in play. I think one of the tight ends might be like a really sneaky 2% roster dart throw. Don't ask me who it is. The only reason I say that is because entering last Thursday, they were uh, third worst in yards after the catch allowed to tight ends. Travis Kelsey went absolutely bananas on them with yards after the catch. I'm not saying any anyone on the Texans is even close to Travis Kelsey, but Brevin Jordan's an athletic guy. He could catch a long one. I'm just saying in a large field, maybe you take a shot. I will not be building around this game script by any means, but for sure, I think in large fields is interesting. I don't hate it, and I just need to put this on record. I did write up Rex Burkhead is as a tournament dart throw because he's my boy, and... You could you could do worse, but I think if you want to run it back with Burkhead, you're not crazy in a large field. <laughs> what analysis all. there, Kyle. Just great. I wrote him up because he's my boy. You could do worse. <laughs> Week 16, baby. Here we are. Match. It's the run funnel. But other than that, I mean, I. it's not... It, this is why we're bringing them up as an onslaught stack, because we believe in the Chargers and their team implied total. We don't believe in the Texans, so you don't have to run it back. So if you are going to stack in this game, Herbert... Jackson, Keenan Allen are the most obvious candidates. What are you doing with Jackson in tournaments? Let's say we knew that Eckler was out. I mean, at 4.2 in tournaments, that's a conversation, right? Yeah, he's, I mean, if he was like 5, 5.5, it would definitely be in the conversation to fade him. But again, it's just so tough on slates where there's no running backs that can really separate outside of maybe Najee, maybe Joe Mixon, those kind of names. Like, it kind of feels like if he gives you 12 or 13 points, like, that's probably going to be good enough. So, I think in small field, I'll probably play him. In large field, I will consider fading him. And like I said, pivoting to like a Herbert double stack without him. Right. And we just got news that Jalen Guyton is on the COVID list now. 
So it does change a little bit our outlook. I mean, he's had a touchdown in three straight games, so it's not it's not like crazy in terms of targets and the way that we're projecting the target share, but Mike Williams, I feel like that's the tournament play. The tournament play is Herbert, Jackson, and then you combine him with Big Mike as opposed to Keenan Allen, and maybe you're getting a little bit lower roster percentage there, but uh, it's just hard to trust him, and it's hard to trust you know, 10 points even at this point. So the, the bottom's kind of fallen out from Big Mike. Uh, any other thoughts about stacking that game? I don't think so, man. I think we hit the hit the nail on the head with it for the most part. Yeah, just lean in Justin Herbert. If you want to play Justin Herbert naked, I'm not, I don't think you're crazy. Let's say he runs in one, he gets four touchdowns. They're all spread out. It's, uh, it's not crazy. Uh, let's go through a couple correlation plays that we like. Last week on this segment, you and I brought up MVS and Mark Andrews. So that one just went bananas. And we're going to go back there. I think that a really simple correlation play is Jamar Chase or T Higgins and Mark Andrews. The game total is not great, but you know that Baltimore gives it up deep and Mark Andrews is on a different planet right now in terms of how he's playing. So that's a good little correlation that I like. Yeah, for sure. And if you actually watched the game last week, um, the Ravens are so, so banged up in the secondary. They put two people on Devontae Adams almost every play. And it, MVS just you know lit him up. I'm not saying Jamar Chase is Devontae Adams. Don't get me wrong. But if they take a similar approach and they put you know a, a corner and a safety over the top on Jamar Chase to take away the deep ball, T. Higgins is going to win in man-to-man coverage, I think, a lot in this game. So I'm probably going to play one of those two guys in a decent amount of my lineups because we just know the Ravens secondary. They're so injured, giving up a ton of deep shots. We just need the Bengals to let Joe Burrow throw the football, please. That would, that would be good. I'm going to mention Burrow a little bit later because his price is way too low and there is upside. The Bengals demolished the Ravens earlier in the year. So I, I do like that call. I'll give you a couple other correlation plays. I like CH because right now, all we know is that Tyreek and Kelsey won't be playing is playing against somehow the worst run defense in the league over the last six weeks. I have no idea how, that the Steelers turned into this. But if you wanted to go CEH plus Deontay Johnson as a correlation play, I think you're asking CEH in a tournament to get two touchdowns and Deontay to put up 25 plus points. But that seems very, very doable considering the team implied total of uh, the Chiefs. Any other correlation plays you want to bring up? Uh, I like that one a lot that you just mentioned for sure. I think another one that's kind of interesting is just like looking at the games where you have, you know, uh, popularity going into them and just trying to get different in those spots. So like for Tampa, you know, we know um, AB is going to be really popular. We know Rojo is going to be super popular. People are going to chase those cheap wide receivers. There's Rob Gronkowski staring us in the face after 11 targets last week. So I love him this week. We're going to skip to the slate breakers here in a second. He is mine at tight end. I think you could go nuts in this matchup. It's tough on Carolina though. So even though it's not really like a correlation spot, I just want to point out, I love Gronk. DJ Moore didn't practice today on Thursday. He's still dealing with the hamstring issue. And if you're not playing DJ Moore, like, who are you going to play with some combination of Cam Newton and Sam Darnold now with their other center, who's a backup right now? He's out. They're under the third string center. It's it's a tough sell. So I don't think it's a correlation play, but I just want to point out he's just an awesome leverage play this week. Yes, I was trying to write up something about the Panthers earlier, and I just could not get past any other part of the offense having success outside of DJ Moore. Uh, I guess... Robbie in a really large field if you wanted to shoot a dart, but that's all it is. But yeah, I like Gronk this week. Love him on FanDuel at 6.7. And then I mentioned, I'll mention this. Cordell Patterson 
was a bit of a disappointment this past week. He only had 11 carries for 18 yards, but set up for success at home against the Lions. So if you want to play Cordo Patterson and then uh, on the other side, play Amon Ross St. Brown, I think that that's a solid. I don't know if the ceiling for Amon Ross is like huge, but let's say that from those two, Patterson got in the end zone twice, you know, the sun God got in once. And between those two, you ended up with 45, 50 points. Like, I think that's good enough on a slate that's not not grand. Um, so I like Patterson a lot. Any other names for slate breakers? Talked about Gronk. Love him. Um, we just talked about Jamar Chase. I think he's a really solid play this week. You know, he's been quiet for a while. One catch for three yards last week, right? Like, it's just, it's a negative vibe, but... It is the gift that keeps on giving week after week, and it is the Ravens beat up secondary. So I'm taking a shot on Jamar Chase this week. Yeah, there's there's just a lot of different questions about how you want to approach this game. The last thing I'll mention is we didn't mention the Buffalo passing game at all. Like we just we've kind of just like gotten away from that. And so that's kind of the biggest question mark for me is what do I do with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs on the road at New England? It's supposed to be a terrible matchup. That was the game Mac Jones had three pass attempts last year against the Patriots on the road, 324 and four. So I'm mentioning it as something that is going to come in way lower than it should. And I think it's possible that if the field's going one way, you could use them. Yeah, I like that call, actually. That's a really good point that we didn't even bring it up. The other one that I'll just throw out real quick, because again, we, we don't have the full news right now, is just let's say Tyreek and or Kelsey come back into the lineup. Like with the late news that's coming, people probably won't click the button on Mahomes. This could be a Mahomes double stack week if no one's going to play it. I want exposure. It's super expensive though, so you have to kind of consider how you're building your lineup elsewhere. You probably sacrifice Cooper Cup, but if no one's playing it, that's when I do want to play it with uh, with Pat Mahomes. DFS Battle Royale. If you haven't noticed, Betts and I have probably had to give a caveat on every single call. Because it's either COVID-related, it's if this person plays, here's what you could do with this person. Uh, it's an interesting time to be in DFS because what could be a great play on you know, Thursday when we're recording this, Justin Jackson, it could be the most irrelevant thing in the world a couple of days from now. So Remember week uh, one when we actually knew it was happening? <laughs> when we were just excited fun. about the slate. It was, it was good times. <laughs> All right, for our DFS Battle Royale, we're going to start off with stacking quarterback. Give me a stacking quarterback under 6K that you could use. All right, man, this is the week. We need the Falcons more than you listeners, more than you know. We need the Falcons. And they're taking on the Lions. Matt Ryan. We've seen pop-up games from him before where all of a sudden he throws for 302 and you're like, wow, there he is. He's still actually good at football. The next week, 150 and two picks. So you don't know what you're going to get. But against the Lions, I'm going to take a shot on Matt Ryan this week. He is super cheap, and I like him because you can stack him with a lot of the names that we like. You know, Pro Bowler, Kyle Pitts. I know that the status, <laughs> the stats say regression is going to hit in a positive way for this man. I don't know, but I'll take a shot against the Lions. And then Cordell Patterson has broken the slate like six times this year or something like that. So he's always in play. And I'll throw out, too, a name that's going to get lost in the shuffle this week, I think, is Russell Gage. And, you know, I've said a lot of things about Russell Gage being like, a meh player and yeah he'll get you five for 50 and what else but like dude Russell Gage looked really good last week I'll, I'll say that and he's actually had a couple of good weeks in a row so I think there's a lot of ways that you can stack Matt Ryan creatively and not play into a lot of roster percentage I mean people need to respect a player that's been a wide receiver one three out of the last four weeks 
as many wide receiver one weeks on the year as Stefan Diggs. I mean, is he great? No. Will he be great? No. But he is somebody that you could stack with Matt Ryan <laughs> in, in hopes. Uh, one more win, baby. One more win. Um, Let's go. Joe Burrow at 5.9 feels mispriced given his ceiling outcomes. Let's say that Joe Burrow threw for 275 and three. Like that, that feels like that could totally happen at home against a terrible Ravens secondary. Like if I told you Jamar Chase went for 101 and T. Higgins got another and CJ Uzama, who cut two touchdowns against the Ravens earlier this year, like if Burrow had three touchdowns, that shouldn't shock anyone. So I like him a lot in the spot. I don't know what to do with Joe Mixon. I know he returned to a full practice, but I feel like I can't click the button at his price right now. He's the RB2 right now if Eckler's out. So Mixon's somebody that I'm like, I I would rather look at the passing game of the Bengals offense and funnel through that route. So uh, Burrow at 5.9 feels, feels good. All right, a cash game running back that's below 6K. And I'll say this week, it can't be James Robinson because everybody and their mama played him last week. And everyone and their mama is going to play him again this week against the Jets, which is a good call. Um, yeah, your name is, is the one I like. And I feel like tough with this one because my real answer is going to be Justin Jackson if Austin Eckler is out. However, my other answer, and I can't believe I'm going to say these words, is going to be Ronald Jones. Because the price point that you set was 6K. I can't go up to Madison, you know, those guys. Um, so I will take Rojo. Again, the touch, it like his competition is Le'Veon Bell and Keyshawn Vaughn. Fool me once, shame on me. This is going to be like the third time I've lost money on Rojo. Uh, and I can't wait to have my heart broken again. So it should be fun. I'm going to go with David Montgomery. I said it earlier. I think he's my favorite play on the slate at 5.7. He came in big for me in cash earlier in the year, which means nothing right now. But the matchup's great. Uh, Seattle's just bad at what they do, especially against the run. And then I mentioned earlier, most running back receptions allowed in the league. So David Montgomery is in my cash lineup right now at 5.7 on DraftKings. Give me a cheap wide receiver under 5K that you could play this week in cash. There's a lot of good names down there. I'm going to throw out uh, Tyler Johnson is is my real answer here. 3.9. We talked about that game uh, a little bit with, you know, Rojo and those guys and, and the wide receiver position just being so decimated with Goblin out, Mike Evans. Um, Tyler Johnson is cheap. He played 95% of the snaps last week. I think we'll see him, Brashad Perryman, if he's off COVID. Um, and then Antonio Brown is a three wide receiver set. And I think he's going to play almost every down and run a ton of routes for Tom Brady. So give me Tyler Johnson this week. All right, this name's gross. I'm just going to say it. If I knew Jamison Crowder was out, because he's been sidelined, then Braxton Berrios at 3.3 against the Jaguars is a punnable wide receiver that you can use in a PPR site. And I get it, it's gross. But last two weeks, he ran for a touchdown last week. I don't know why they used him that way. But the week before, 6 for 52 on 10 targets. When Braxton Berrios is in the game, it's really weird. I, this is kind of a nerdy stat thing. Like he's being targeted on 23% of his routes when he's in the game. That's like elite kind of stuff. I don't know why. He doesn't get in the game a ton, but when when Crowder's out, then he sees a lot more. So Braxton Berrios, 3.3, gross, 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 gross. Uh, but he's punnable. <laughs> he's punnable. That's what I said about a player. <laughs> you oh, can punt man. this guy. All right, give me a pay-up tight end, not name Mark Andrews this week. Okay, give me Dallas Goddard, who is posting just awesome stat lines over the last couple of weeks. This is what we've been waiting for since the Zach Ertz trade 
We thought it was going to happen. Kind of slow played it on us. But now we've got Jalen Hurts playing awesome football. We had that game with Gardner Minshew. Uh, Dallas Goddard is essentially the wide receiver one on this team right now. Devonta Smith should see a lot of James Bradbury in coverage on the perimeter. The Giants are weak across the middle. I like Dallas Goddard a lot. The Eagles at home, really nice implied total. I'll take him at 5.1K. I'm going to mention Rob Gronkowski, 6.2. Better play on FanDuel, 6.7. If I told you that he had 11 targets last week, and now Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are going to be out, like that target share should remain pretty steady. He's always a good bet to get in the end zone. He's pretty much going to be the most trusted weapon. So at 6.2, you could pay up for Gronk. While everybody's pretty much fading Tom Brady, uh, I think Gronk's still the top option there. And give me a sneaky DST under 3K. Can't be the Falcons because they're going to be chalk. Yeah, I'll take the Broncos. We talked about him a little bit at the start of the show. Taking on Derek Carr without Darren Waller with no playmakers besides the GOAT, Hunter Renfro. And you know they just struggled. 13.3 points per game over the last three weeks. They're struggling to move the football. And really the issue is that they're not pushing the ball downfield. And I think the offensive line could get, you know, a, a really like struggle this one against Broncos who honestly, they've been pretty good on defense. No one's talking about them, but even though they have a ton of injuries, they're being, they're having a pretty good year, I think. So I will take the Broncos against Derek Carr and the Raiders. Yeah. Both of those teams are seven and seven. So they're pretty much evenly matched across the board. Although Drew Locke is, is starting for the Broncos. Your boy. Drew Locke uh, and the Millie. What do you think? Yeah, if you, I, I've definitely played Drew Locke in some million acre lineups. <laughs> I know, that's why I said it. That's why I said it. <laughs> he lit up the Falcons a couple of years ago. Um, all right, I'll give a name that right now in a roster percentage report is coming in under 2%. Okay, so this is like perfectly fitting the dart throw. It's the Bengals. They are 2.8. They are at home against the Ravens. I know what Tyler Huntley just did. Okay, I, I, I saw it and it was fun for fantasy. It's not going to last forever. He's not going to throw for four touchdowns or run for four, run and pass for four combined touchdowns. It's not going to happen every single week. The Bengals have a pretty good pass rush. So I think if you wanted to roll the dice with the Bengals and say that they get a defensive score and maybe there's a couple different turnovers, uh, they're fun. They're fun for GPPs at 2.8. All right, mailbag time. Mailbag. You can send in your questions to me, Kyle underscore Borg, or at the Fantasy PT is bets. And I'll just say, I might be a little slow in life or slow in answering the next week or so. I wrote on Twitter, this is my last mailbag in the state of Georgia bets. Sad times, man. Sad times. But exciting. For next week, you'll be in the studio out in Arizona when we record the uh, the Friday show. So it's... Uh, it's different, man. Change, we're changing times here. So this better be the best mailbag show ever. We do have some good questions in here. So first one is from Rus- Ruskin Gallardo. He says, is running three running backs like J-Rob or Jackson or Monty or Rojo this week or even Sonny Michelle, is it more safe than plugging in a wide receiver in the flex spot? And I'm assuming he's asking about cash. Yeah, I think it is. And I think the reason is because we definitely want like two of those 5K backs. And then we talked about, you know, with Madison and um, like Rojo and, and those guys in there uh, that they might project better than some of the wide receivers. I was trying to find names in, like the 6K range and like the upper fives for the cash article on the DFS pass. And I really struggled at wide receivers. So I think I'm probably going to play three RBs in cash. They just project so well, so much volume. And, and most of them are in pretty good spots with matchup as well. 
I'm with you. It's probably going to be three running backs because you just want touches. Like if you were to add up James Robinson, 18 touches, uh, Dave Montgomery, 20 touches, Sony Michelle, he's been averaging 22 opportunities per game these last three weeks. Like if you knew you were getting 60 touches from three running backs and some of those are just in spots where they're getting all the goal line work. That's what you want. I, I, it's really hard for me to pick a wide receiver on this slate. So that's where I'm going to. Next one from Kevin Kernick. Any advice for navigating a slate like Sunday where a majority of the action is the early games? This is tough because the late slate, there's only three games this week, which NFL always does that to us. Um, but we're getting like the Broncos Raiders and Chiefs, maybe without two of their best players against the Steelers and the Seahawks and Bears. And if you listen to the Tuesday show, you know that I'm not super interested in that game because of how slow those teams play, how much they run the football. So if it was like a slate where you had some games that you're excited about, you can get different elsewhere and save some spots to late swap. On this slate, I mean, the key for me is Kelsey and and um, you know Tyreek. If those guys are out, like CEH is a good late swap option. I mean, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, maybe. It's tough to see the path, though, for this. So I think it is going to be a really tricky slate that you do want to have a lot of exposure, obviously, to the 1 o'clock. But I will be trying to look at price points in the same guys that I like in the, the late window and the early window to make sure that I just have an option to late swap if I want to, if things go south really quick. Yes, if we knew that those two top options for the Chiefs were out, like, I just, I mean, CEH, he's 5.8 on DraftKings, 6.5 on FanDuel. Like, that would be the the pick that you could pivot to. I mentioned David Montgomery is probably going to be in my lineup. Uh, you could play the Raiders defense, but really there's only like three plays total in that afternoon that you would maybe want to switch on to. What's, so, what's Tyler Lockett's price? Do you know? Have you looked? Uh, I can look it up right now, but it's it's one of those things where I know that I would prefer to always have options to switch. Uh, DraftKings 6.7, FanDuel he's 7.3. Uh, yes, he's a late swap option always, but I'm I'm not building my lineup only based on the slate and based on the afternoon games. I'm building on the best plays and you know what the projections are saying in the DFS pass. So for me, it's kind of just whatever happens. If they happen to be in the one o'clocks, they're in the one o'clocks and I'll just roll with them. So this week, I like that Dave Montgomery is there because I know that he's going to be a, a fairly popular play and he's in that afternoon section. Like he's going to be 20% plus, I'm pretty sure. Um, you know, in cash, 40 like he's going to be a pretty popular guy so uh you're not getting weird but at least you have the option of having somebody like montgomery uh to switch off so any other thoughts on that yeah i think it's a great conversation point actually like if if you're planning to play montgomery and let's say you're doing really well in the early slate stick with him if you're struggling and you fall behind i think ceh is going to go under rostered on this slate so he would be the late switch like sw- late swap option to pivot off of a chalky david montgomery all right, next question is from Carter Rabasa. He says, do you struggle to start players in DFS that you're playing against in the playoffs and redraft? I'm going against Herbert and Allen in my semifinals. Just can't pick them for DFS despite the plus matchup. I'll just say this. I have Keenan Allen on almost all of my teams, and I will be playing him everywhere, but that's just me. But do you do you have this dilemma? I don't. And the reason is that I try to separate all of these like different, you know, uh, like... I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but like different um, ways that I play fantasy or play football. So like season long, 
love it. But that is its own thing. Dynasty, it's its own thing. DFS, when I log in to set my lineups, it's its own thing. I don't try to like let the three come together. Um, same thing with like player props. Like sometimes I'll take an under, even though I want to play that guy in DFS if he's like a contrarian play. So I always try to approach things as like their own entity, and it can mess with your psyche a little bit. But as we talked about, this is how you sleep at night, right? Because no matter what, you're probably going to win <laughs> if you're playing these guys in a different lineup or if you're playing them in, in redraft versus DFS. So it's just a way to get different with those exposures. Uh, but no, I don't try to, to work around that at all. I think the only thing I do is if I'm playing against my opponent in redraft, I will probably add them in a couple of GPPs. So if they go off, if they're completely going off, then I feel a little bit better. All right, last question is from Tyler Abma. He says, what's the most common mispronunciation of your name, Kyle, of your last name? Do you even correct people anymore? So, uh, so Borgannoni, Borgannoni is how you say it. Uh, in Italian, we would say Borgignoni, which is really fun to say. Fancy. Borgignoni. Yep. Uh, but when I was a high school teacher, my favorite one I ever heard was, I remember a student raised his hand and he, he called me Mr. Borgignone. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> Like just completely jump the shark, Morgan. That's Wanda. amazing. No, I do know if somebody's calling me, and immediately like they're just it, usually they don't try for it. They kind of say Mister, and then they kind of pause, and they'll say, "I'm really sorry. I'm going to butcher this." I'm like, "Yeah, I get it. It's totally fine. Um, totally fine." Borgannoni. The second G, if it helps, the second G is kind of silent or it kind of runs into the N. But us Italians, we got our long, long last names for a reason. Yes, sir. If if you want to play with us, you can go to ballersdfs.com over Christmas weekend. I might even open up a special Christmas uh, two-day, two-game slate kind of thing. If you're into christmasfootball.com, you go to our DraftKings League, Fantasy Footballers, DFS, Borg Plus Bets. Join the league. Enter the contest. It is lots of fun, and we will go throughout the playoffs. And playoff contests are going to be even hotter, smaller slates, bigger prizes, more fun, more bets, more Borg. I mean... What more could you ask for? So, Bets, why don't you sign us off on a special little Christmas Eve edition of this show? Oh, man, dude. I am so excited for Christmas. Uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to all of you out there. Hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy the holiday. Come play with us, ballersdfs.com, and let's win some money. Put some Christmas cash in your pocket this weekend. We'll see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.